You're listening to the Up Level Your Online Business Show, where wealth is empowering, purpose is crucial, and high vibes are non-negotiable. And now, here's your host, certified business coach and practical woo strategist, Sarah J. Larrero. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Up Level Your Online Business Podcast. I am so excited to have Marley Major here. Marley is the CEO of Party Goddess. It's a nationally acclaimed full-service event planning and catering company. I'm so excited about this. From understated elegance to rock star fabulous, Major is known for creating the most talked about parties of the year for a client list ranging from top-tier businesses to A-list celebrities such as Snoop Dogg, Sofia Vergara, and Britney Spears. I feel like this is going to be a really fun episode. Thank you so much for being here, Marley. Well, thank you for having me. And I know it's going to be a fun episode. How about that? Yes. Okay. I just, I love even, even the energy of your room and the energy of your uh, business really tells a story. And I'm excited. It's funny you say that because it is, which is kind of, you know, goes right into this whole podcast thing about the energy of, and you you can start telling your story or telling your brand story and connecting with people like in one second, you know, whether it's like me with my yellow background, just because I get bored with just seeing, seeing myself like, you know, doing the random, hi, I have books in the background. Like everybody can do that, you know, like, oh, I read like actually paper books. And so all those things kind of, you know, speak to it. And when we were sort of getting set up, we were even talking about like, you know, how close being to the camera. And I was like, oh yeah. And then my, my hands like start moving around as much as I try to just, you know, sit on them, but good or bad, that's all part of the, all part of the brand that people sign up for. Yeah. And it's a part, a part of you, like even your nails, um, for anyone who oh. watched the video, she has beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> for anyone. Very who's funny you say that. Cause I, I highlight the fact that they're so short and so, but it keeps me from chewing them. So, and then happy to look at them. That's the only way I'm happy to look at them because they're so short, but anyway, and they're multicolored. They're beautiful. Right. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit more about how you became the party goddess and the profit goddess. Let's start there. Okay, so it's a long story, but I will try to keep it uh, as short as and um, non-dramatic as possible because it, you know, could be a tearjerker. So nat nat, I grew up in Pasadena, California, which is you know home of the Rose Bowl and the Rose Parade, and I've lived here my whole life except when I went away to college and I went and I got my business degree at Georgetown, and which is awesome because you think, okay, this is great, this is going to set me up for whatever business I'm going to, you know, start. And I got into the restaurant business, started a catering company, all kinds of like, you know, drama within that component. But um, at, at one point, I had this very bad skiing accident. And my dad was like, listen, we keep getting offers to partner up for the restaurant. You love the events. Why don't you just do the events? Well, at the time I was going through a divorce. It was like a really, really low point in my life, actually. And I was like, whatever fine. And you know, here I'd had the skiing accident and on and on. And so I just was like, what's the one name that I can call my company? Um, that's really going to say what I do. And is kind of like, just showing the world, like, I don't care. Like I, I couldn't go any lower kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of them and I was like the party goddess. And then I was like, Oh my God, that is so not me at the moment. But I remember going to my first industry event and in LA, which is one of the most competitive markets, LA and New York, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And a friend brought me and I was so nervous and they introduced me and they're like, oh, and she's starting this new company called The Party Goddess. And I remember some very seasoned people in this industry were like, The Party Goddess? Like, <laughs> like, and like, what events have you done? And I was kind of like thinking to myself, like, none, but you know what? I'm going to come after you one day. <laughs> and I was like, haha, these days I go, you know, I kind of did eat them for lunch. But anyway. So I started the party goddess, but part of the reason I got out of the restaurant business and, you know, into event planning and, and, and kind of took on this new thing was because I struggled in the restaurant business. It was so focused on my sales and I was so focused on my goal of hitting a million dollars in sales, which I did my first year, you know, 22 years old, which is great. But when you spend more than you sell, you have a problem. And what I found was It was like, I would just keep chasing like different revenue streams. Or if I just got more sales, then my profit margin would be better. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I had the hundred employees with the restaurant. I had, you know, all this overhead. And I thought, if I start something that doesn't have that, then, right, I'm going to have a whole new business model. But wherever you go, that's where you are. And if you don't clean up something from the past, and in my case, It was really being able to nail my numbers, but I have very bad ADHD at that time was undiagnosed. And I had, even though I went to business school, I always had to do things with like colors or I always had to learn things, numbers and everything. Like I'm a whiz with numbers now, but I had to learn things in a different way because I just could not process things the way other people did. And so when I really stepped back and, and, knew I needed to nail my numbers with events, I would, you know, I had all these books and I had all this stuff and and I just couldn't come up with like, yeah, I knew how to run a profit and loss statement, but it, it seemed like I should be making so much more money than I was. And I was like, but then where's the money? Like if I just did this event for $10,000 and supposedly, okay, I have my staff costs and I have this and I have that, like I should have $3,000 in my pocket. Like, where is it? And one night I was at dinner with my parents and my dad was like, you know, I was like, oh, and then we have this client, we have this client. And, you know, he he wouldn't know Britney Spears at a party of one. And and he was like, okay, whatever. But are you making any money? Mm. And that was like my big watershed moment because like the tears just went up to my eyeballs. And, you know, a lot of us have had that moment where the tears are about to just spill over and you're saying, please don't right now, please don't, because you know, you're never going to stop crying. and. I held the tears back, but I just thought freaking a, this is the last time I'm going to have this conversation about, am I He's like, well, how much is in your bank account? How much is in your, and I was like, well, uh, uh," and he's like, Marley, it's not complicated. And I was like, but it is so complicated for me. Like, why is it so complicated for me? So that's a long way of saying at that moment I committed to, I am going to find a way to make my numbers easy to figure out. And I, and I did, I created my own little system based on A, B, C, and D expenses, Mm -hmm. put it together. And then I wanted to attend my industry convention and to do, to get a free pass, you had to teach class. So I was like, Oh, cool. I'll teach class on my little rinky dink number thing. And then I'll be out and go have a cocktail. Well, it was standing room only. And they were in the hallway and they're asking me questions. And I was like, did you not hear the part of this that like how I got started? Like, because I am not the numbers girl. Like you do not want to be asking me the numbers questions. And it was so revealing and, and kind of sad. You know, it was, it was almost all women, which is, is typical in a lot of very creative industries. And they said, 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm not the one to ask questions. And they're like, but you're the only one that's answering our questions. Uh, and I was like, how sad is that? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? I'm the only one because pricing and money and finance, it's like such a dirty little, like you're not supposed to talk about your margins. Like if you're, mar- if you're making too much money, gosh, that's horrible. Or if you're not making enough or what the neighbor's making or the influencer, you feel like I'm ashamed. I should be doing better. And I, I just was like, I just want to open that conversation. I mean, it's going to show that I'm even lamer than they thought I was, but whatever, I don't care. I just need to come clean. And then the net net was they wanted more and more and more. And I didn't have more. So I was like, fine, I'll, you know, I wrote this book called, but are you making any money? And which really just detailed my rinky dink system. And then it was kind of off to the presses because what happened was I realized I did resonate with women. And while I had been so feeling like the dumbest girl in the room, always at Georgetown and these very, very smart people, because, you know, here I had to learn everything with colors and all these dumb things. Um, At the end of the day, I really found an audience who was like raising their hand going, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And that is a great space to be in. Yeah. I, I think that's so powerful. The minute that you just talked about well, no one else is telling us these things, right? One, no one else is telling us these things. And also too, I would argue that maybe they've heard other people saying those things before, but they weren't coming from someone like you, who's also someone like them. I think that's the deal. And and what happens so many times is, is it seems to be, and, and granted, I'm, you know, stereotyping and I'm creating generalizations, but it seems to be, you know, you have somebody who is, like good at numbers and they're kind of like the geeky one without the personality, without whatever. And then you have the creative one who's and the fun one. And, and those two can't be together. And I'm still, I think pretty fun and have a great time, but I know that I need to know my numbers. Now I can do it in one second. So it's, it's simple, but it's just one of those things. If you're going to be in business, you have to know your numbers, period. I'm not yeah. saying you spend your whole life on it. I'm not saying you you can't have a fabulous blog and do all the great creative stuff you want to do and have a great brand. And you, but you got to know your numbers, period. And I and love that, how it just kind of fell in your lap. <laughs> it fell in my lap, all right, like a ton of bricks. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> fell in my lap along with the bank and the mortgage that was due and everything else. Yes, indeed. It's oh, a lot wow. falling at the time. <laughs> and yes. now, so you kind of realized in that specific moment, it's like, oh, wow, you mean this thing that I've been doing, a lot of people need it. Right. And not to mention a lot of people need it from me. They don't want it from, you know, that guy in the suit who, you know, right. finance, they, they want it from someone who's, who's been there. Well, I think it's, you know, it's kind of those things of like, you can't con a con. And I found that with coaching. Like, and I, and I haven't been to Alcoholics Anonymous, but I know plenty of people who have, or have had issues with drugs and stuff. And, you know, the people with whom they work, they always, they have a counselor or something who's been through that. Right. Because when they try to say, oh no, I I don't have drugs on here. Or no, I'm not on anything. Or that person knows right out the gate, they're lying. So with me, with my coaching clients, it's like, they'll say, well, um, you know, my business is different. And I just, you know, really every business and they start and I go, yeah, no, it's not. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, because. I've tried all the tricks. Like I have said all the things. Oh, well, you don't understand. Well, you don't. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I do understand. I promise you. And it is very simple and just answer the question and then we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. And so I think it, it really takes somebody who's been there. And I think it's also very comforting because there's shame around money or the lack of it. And, and I think we all feel like we should be doing better than we are. And I think there's something about when they like come to me and, and they might be like, well, my company, like we have like $20,000 in credit card debt and like how, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, when you owe somebody a million bucks, like talk to me, like now, like 20 grand, whatever. Like I didn't even, and they're like, did you hear me? I'm kind of like, yeah, I heard you, but it, it's nothing like done. We can fix that because mm-hmm. so they're talking to somebody. It's like, they feel bad about this. And it's like, oh, help, you know, I got now I fixed those things, but I get it. I know what it's like to be in that spot and to not want to tell a soul because right. you would rather just roll up in a ball and die. And it's what you were you were talking about. There's just so so much shame with debt. There's so much yep. shame with you know not having a specific amount in your bank account, right. and a specific amount that's going to your mortgage. And right. I think that what's really really beautiful about everything that you did is that you just kind of you owned who you are as well, right? You were, you weren't like, Oh, I'm, I need to be ashamed of all of these things. So I'm not going to talk to anyone about them. You, you went out there and you were vulnerable. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what took, what it took for you to get to that point versus, you know, all of your clients who still feel so ashamed of talking about those things? <laughs> well, yeah. How much time do you have? So what it took <laughs> is that's why I said, you know, this is a very long dramatic story. I mean, I, uh, when I was 19 at Georgetown, I did it. I interviewed this chef for a class. I decided I needed to marry him. He was 20 years older than I was. Here, I've got to convince my parents I'm going to marry. This guy is 20 years older. Meanwhile, I've never even had a boyfriend. Come back, marry the guy. We get into the restaurant business together. He's running the back of the house. I'm running the front. It's you know so hard because here I'm so young. He's so much older and more experienced. I'm focused on the sales. I miss the profit component. I couldn't, I'm dependent on him for the, you know, the numbers in the kitchen and stuff. We have, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, financial issues are never particularly great in the romance department. So yours truly decides that the best way to fix that is to get pregnant. So now I have financial problems and I get pregnant. I have a one-year-old. One-year-old is, you know, now like growing up in front of the cappuccino machine, because if he was crying, you wouldn't hear it so much. I mean, these, this was a strategy. So I really, mm. how I got there was because I just kept falling and falling and falling and sinking lower. And whereas most people would have raised their hand, I'm just so stubborn that, and like my ego at the time was so big that I was just like, I am not going to fail. Like I am not going to get out of this restaurant. And it took, as they say, like a bad skiing accident, then I ended up getting divorced. We partnered up for the restaurant, which was, you know, turned out to be the greatest business decision we ever made. But at the time, you don't know that. So mm-hmm. I was literally at my lowest point. So when I say it's a joke that I named my company, the party goddess, like you have no idea it's a joke. Like the newspaper ran an article because I had one entrepreneur of the year ran an article, a follow-up that I was a fraud. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, I couldn't, like, how do you sink any lower, you know? Right. And, and I just had to, and I just was like, that's not right. And like, I, you know, corrected all these points, of course, in the article. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, she's right. But 
you have to just at some point, I think, hit rock bottom. And my rock bottom was probably subterranean two levels or five levels before where anybody else would raise the flag. But I was stubborn. And but then when I hit rock bottom, man, I was like and I was out. And so I had no choice but to really turn things around or just start snorting crack. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's the only thing I could have done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you were at a point where you had gone through so much that it was, yeah. was there any type of breaking point for you where you were just like, okay, there's nothing else to lose. Now I can just share my story with other people. Or was there like a time where you felt like I'm too ashamed to tell anyone about any of this still? Oh, I mean, I, we're glossing over things and, and, and we're acting like I hit rock bottom. And then I was like, bing, I'm going to turn this around and make it a part. Right. No, no. That bottom was, I was bouncing on the bottom, right. struggling, miserable, crying every day to the, I felt so guilty because here I'd gotten my parents involved in this whole thing with the restaurant. And here I, you know, I was the one that said, listen, I got to get married, all these things. I mean, I brought a lot of people in on this journey. And I felt so guilty. And, and it was my mom at one point because I was literally, you know, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I, and she just said, Marley, you know, you gotta get over this. Like you've gotta, you got to get past this. And, and I finally went to, to see a, this doctor and I was just like, I feel so, you know, kind of like what we're talking about. Like, I feel so horrible. Like, how could I have done this? And, and, he, and I think he kind of was like exploring it more like, like, did you abuse children? Did you right. have a DUI and kill somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, did you, cause, cause I was such a mess over this small mm-hmm. thing. Now getting divorced and having a young child, I'm not minimizing how traumatic that was, but I was so racked with guilt that I really needed help getting out of that. Even seeing myself as like a worthy person. Because remember the newspaper just said I wasn't worthy and so I was like, oh, okay, well, I really must not be. And it was just this very dark inner journey for quite a while where I had to just say, you know what, I can do this and I'm going to prove them wrong. And I'm going to have to quietly do it because everybody's going to be like, oh yeah, right. I mean, sure she is. And so that's why I did it all in the background. I mean, I just read every book I could get my hands on, on business and on cost of goods sold. And I was like, where's the secret here? Like, what have I been missing? That is the secret to, you know, to my profit. And I kept digging and digging and digging. And then, of course, by the time I emerged, it was like, haha, I have an answer. Mm-hmm. And but it was not a fun, not a fun experience. And it lasted a while. Today's episode is brought to you by the rapid expansion method, which is the proven 90-day program to help you sign on consistent higher paying clients and hit that six-figure mark in your business with more leadership alignment and flow. So if you are either brand spanking new to your service-based business or you are having trouble breaking the two to three K mark per month, you need this program. We go all in on exact strategies that you need to sell yourself online and to book out your services solid. Find out what social media strategies are the best for you and your niche while also being surrounded by brilliant female entrepreneurs 
who are go-getters just like you and are committed to your success. You can find out more about this incredible program at sarahjlorero.com forward slash the rapid expansion method, or go ahead and look over into our show notes for more information. So I have, I have two, I guess, questions from this because I had one sure. before and then there's something else that you just talked about too. And I was like, Ooh, I, I think we need to talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, but I guess the first one isn't really a question. It's more of a comment because so often we romanticize this whole idea of breaking down and building ourselves back up and like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to, you know, come out on top, but it's messy. I was just it talking is- about that a few weeks ago. Like it's, it, it's shedding tears. It's, it's sometimes it me, feels like you're not going to get out of it. Let me tell you, um, just I'll just cut to the chase right now. Um, if any of your listeners have ever had a compost pile or any of your listeners have ever had chickens or whatever, will you take a compost pile and chicken manure and fresh whatever and then grass clippings, and then you water it and you cover it up. And then you come back in a week and you lift it off and there are mushrooms and mold and it's stinky and it's whatever. That's about what the rebuilding process is. It Mm. is disgusting. Like you might as well put your big girl boots on and I don't care how fabulous somebody comes out the other side. It is, it was miserable. I'm sure for Winston Churchill, it is miserable for all the rest of us. So you can look back at some of my blogs that are so pathetic. It's just like laughable. Like at one point I was at such a, a low point and I hear I had the house, a housekeeper slash nanny trying to help me out so I could you know get back on my feet and rebuild my business. And I kept finding out that she was stealing like the laundry soap. You know what I mean? And I go through this whole thing and I'm like, and it was such a small thing, but I was like, is there anything in the world for me that can go right? Can I even keep my own freaking laundry soap in my own? I guess not. No. Um, so no, it's ugly and it's nasty and, and it is not for the faint of heart. And, and if you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps, God bless. Because as soon as I hear that somebody has done that, I'm like, oh, that person's got grit. And yes. a lot of people these days don't have grit because yes. it is hard. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that even, even for myself, I quit my nine to five in Toronto, Canada. I moved to Nicaragua. I'm not from here. My husband is from here. My family is Portuguese Canadian. So like even, even all of that was just, that was its own, you know, crap storm of, of trying to convince myself that I really wanted to do this for, for me and not trying to convince myself that I needed to stay too. Right. A lot of things there, but Every time that anyone hears my my story, even it's just like, yeah. oh, you live such a beautiful life, you know. Like, how did you do this? You're location independent. There's this freedom, and and I always try to say that that point before <laughs> this happened that was really difficult, and I I really had to rely on my own spirituality, and my own leadership to be like, yeah. okay, I'm I'm going to get through this. And there were a few bumps in the road, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 uh, congratulate you for, for saying all of this and, and for going through this, but at, at the same time for telling it like it is. And I'm assuming that this is what really got you to, into the prophet goddess, because you're telling things like they are right. Because there, because what I found was 
just, I had gotten tired of my own story, right? Like of my own, oh, well, it's just because of this, or it's because mm-hmm. it's my first year in business. I'm not making money or it's because of this, or it's because I right. just had a baby or it's baloney. And, and I just felt like there needed to be, like, if I was tired of my own story, I was also tired of listening to everybody, by the way, whose story is exactly the same in some slightly different version mm-hmm. that it's like, listen, if you want to fix this, here's what you're going to have to do, you know, and it's probably, it, I liken it a lot of times to like being on a diet, you know, where there, you, there are a lot of ways you can lose weight and a lot, you can go to the, you know, gentle fat farm and you can do this and you can gradually, and you can, you know, but I'm kind of that girl who's kind of like at that point in your face going, listen, let's cut the baloney. I mean, I have a personality that I want to get stuff done. I want to get stuff done with my clients. And that's what I want to attract. I'm not going to do well. I mean, I might be able to help somebody who's super like mellow and maybe can pay my rates and whatever. It's going to be a disaster for both of us because I want people who are like at the bottom and who are just like, I don't care. I will do whatever I need to do. I'll mm-hmm. read whatever book I need. I will stay up at night. I will do. I just have to get out of this gross skin that I'm in and into the yeah. one that I'm, I'm supposed to be in. And, and it is definitely, it's not fun for basically either one of us in the beginning, because mm-hmm. I don't want to tell keep exposing things that somebody's doing wrong, but I'm like, that's what you need from me. You know, you yes. can't read the label from inside mm-hmm. the jar. None of us can. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to just shortcut it. And it's like ripping a bandaid off but we'll get there, but it's, it's, it's a diff, it's a different approach. And I am mouthier and I am going to say, I'm sorry. I think you're being lazy. Mm-hmm. Fire mm-hmm. me. Okay. Got I get it. it. Yeah. Well, cause but, so many, so many of us just need to take personal responsibility, right? right? I mean, that's, that's the whole world of coaching too. And I'm curious. That was my, my second question was the, you were talking about, you wanted to find the secret sauce, right? What was the secret sauce for you? You know, the secret sauce for me is one thing, time. And I think all entrepreneurs miss it. I think it is the magic. It is not the money. It is the margin. It is the money between the wallpaper and the walls. And we are all chasing more customers. We are all chasing more sales. We, it's the opposite. We should have less customers, less sales. We should have the right customers and the right sales. And the secret sauce is in tracking your time so that you know how much time it takes to really service a particular client or create a particular product because none of us do that effectively track our time. And when I have my clients do it for a week, if they tell the truth, which is, you know, everybody's kind of fudging it, but it's like, look, do you realize that this is actually the number of hours you spent on your core activities in your business? And when they realize that, and I'm like, I'm not saying you weren't working. Yes, you did work on things, but they weren't the right things. And that's where you're going off track. And so the secret sauce that I identify is where are they spending their time on what, what activities are kind of down here on the bottom and where do they need to spend their time? And when you flip that, right, when you say, okay, cut out six hours of blah, 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 blah that you're doing each week. And spend six hours reaching out to your customers. I don't care if it's via text, if it's via videos on Instagram, if it's, but really doing those key activities. And oh, by the way, not just saying that those are the key activities, having evidence that those are the key activities. Like Mm -hmm. when I do an Instagram story, I get, I'm making this up, 
two leads for my business, you know, like trackable items. And that's a very, it's a very different story, but that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is time and where you're spending. I love it. I love it. And, and that to me really translates into discipline, being disciplined with your time. And I think for so many of us, it's just like, especially creatives, we're in this place where like, well, no, I want to experiment with this and I want to do what feels good here and what feels good here. And I think a lot of the coaching industry even really, um, really emphasizes that. And while that's great, and I think that there needs to be a balance of both, sure. if you if you don't have the discipline part, no. that's that's where you get into the cycle then, right? And right. it's probably the cycle that you were in, in terms of, okay, well, I'm not focusing on the right things. So if I'm not focusing right. on the right things, all of a sudden my time is, is spent, oh my goodness, I don't have enough money coming in. Now I have to chase more clients. And right. so it's like and, on, this, on this cycle. And it's this, it's this hamster wheel. And we all do it. And here's the other thing is, as good at it as tracking my time and knowing where I spend and all this stuff, I mean, we all get off track, right? Yeah. You take your hand off the steering wheel of a car or, you know, that's why texting and driving is so bad. You take your eyes off the road for a second, you are off in a ditch or worse. It's the same thing with our businesses. Sure, we can afford to do that a bit, right? But when we start going, wait a minute, my numbers aren't, this isn't going in the right direction. Like what's up here? Then if you don't bring it back and just go back to the core principles, like the basics, like, okay, where am I spending my time? What can I cut? What can I, and you'll turn it around, but you you have to have the discipline to recognize that. And I am staunch on that. There are just certain things you have to do. And I don't really care if you want to do them or not. Sorry. <laughs> We're just no difference. You got to do it. Exactly. You're you just, just like brushing your teeth. I don't know anybody who loves to brush their teeth, but you got to do it. You know? <laughs> well, and, and these are the, in, so I call these the income generating activities, right? And I could, you know, I could talk a storm about how so many of the people who come into my community are like, but I, I got the nice, pretty website and they want to focus on all of these like back end activities. And then that's when we're like, okay, the reason why you don't have time and you're not making money is because you're not focusing on the things that are actually getting you clients. And most of the time we don't focus on the things that actually get us clients because one, it's really scary, right? Like like reaching out to people, fostering those relationships, it's that whole fear of rejection, right? Right. So if I tweak my website, no one's going to reject me. But if I go out there and I start creating conversations with my community, someone might say no to me and then that's going to be blow to my ego. Right. And I think another thing is just, is, is also avoidance, a lot of avoidance of like, I don't, I don't want to admit to what's really going on here. Well, and also avoidance of, I don't know where to start. So I'm not going to, I mean, it just feels to me like whenever I start, even when I start new projects, like it's like this amorphous fog that nothing's really in focus and you don't know where to like like get leverage, like climbing a rock. You don't know where to start. Like if you knew where to just tackle this monster, it would be better. And I I think that's the benefit of, you know, having somebody else kind of guide you going, okay, let's just start here. Cause the person who's guiding you is not emotional about it. They don't have the whole story and well, I need these customers because of this. And they don't care about that. Right. They get to what are the income generating activities. Yeah. And you certainly don't have to do those 100% of the time because obviously if you did, you wouldn't have be able to produce any of the product or service, mm-hmm. but we need to be doing them a lot more than most of us are. 
I love it. I love it. And so what are your, what would you say are like your primary hacks for your clients and your community to become profit goddesses themselves? Well, number one is to, is to commit to doing whatever it takes to just get to the bottom of your numbers. Number two, realizing it does take discipline and there's some parts of it you're just not going to want to do. Oh, well, just stop having the conversation because it's just not, not everything is fun in business. And then the next thing is really change your mindset from, from focusing on customers to focusing on the clock. It is the clock, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got to focus on where we are spending our time, where we're spending our time and what is the ROI on it. Now, I'm not going to say that there isn't plenty of time that I'm not puttering around or I'm not kind of doing other activities that are that would technically be like, well, that's not a money-making activity. Well, right, because I, a, I spent the morning looking at my numbers and B, yeah, now I'm in idea generation time and I, I don't sit there with my makeup on and my whatever and go, now I'm going to come up with ideas. No, it's a fluid process, but it has to go hand in hand. You cannot only do creative. So just like you can't only do numbers. I mean, if you only did numbers and you didn't have a website at all, that wouldn't work either. So it's that balance, but it's number one, really just saying, I'm going to track my time and I'm going to be honest about it. And how much time were you on Facebook and Instagram and trolling this stuff each week? And then answering the honest question of how many customers did you get out of it? Not, well, I got a lot of, how many customers or how many leads and how many leads of yours turned into customers who handed over their credit card? Very different conversation. Yes. Yeah. So you're basically involved in the discipline of it all. And totally. most of your people are probably the creatives who are like, they just want to create, totally. they want to have fun. And you're just like, okay, let's, let's reel that in and let's develop a strategy for you so that it, there's no shame involved in your numbers at the end of the day. Completely. And I don't want them to change their lifestyle either. It's not like, you know, I don't have a martini or I don't, I'm, I'm, I would rather jump off a bridge than not have fun, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Listen, guys, you can have more fun, but for right now, we, we need to take a minute here and we need to put our head down and I'm not, it's not going to be like the macrobiotic diet. You're not going to go from eating Cheetos to macrobiotic diet and just have water and broth no, or whatever a macrobiotic diet would be. The point is, is we're going to make it palatable, but remember the less palatable it is, the faster you get to the result. So it's kind of like, how do you want to get there? Right. And then the fun can really begin because then you can let off the brakes. Like I can let off the brakes a lot because now, because I know my numbers, I I can, I'm like a, you know, a canary in a coal mine. I can see very far ahead. I'm like, wait, something is off here. What's going on? And I nip it in the butt, but that's because I've been at it for so long and I have so much experience at it, but I paid my dues. I mean, I I put my time in. Yeah. And I, I love the expression discipline equals freedom. In so many ways, because if you are a creative and you're at your business, I mean, the same way that you were when you were just starting out, um, you might think that you have a ton of freedom, but if it's not paying your bills, then what freedom is that really? And oh, by the way, um, then you just have freedom to stress out. And I don't know about you, but I do not want the freedom to be in my head going around all the, well, if I just did this or what do I do? That kind of freedom is a disaster. You're better off being at a nine to five job, punching a clock where you have no freedom to think because you, you're not going to create all these stories and this mess in your head. And to me, when I don't do the key things that I need to do, I don't want that freedom. It's like, ha- it's like having too much sugar for too many days in a row, you know, or having 
we can all have Thanksgiving, right? But then it's kind of like after the next day and the next day and the next day or after the holidays, you're just like, hey, it's just oh, but abort mission. It's too much. <laughs> so you have to come, as they say, come back to the basics. And when you do that, I find when you do it early on, then you can have fun because you're like, check the box. I did my workout, yeah. ate my good breakfast, but, 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 but. Now I can relax. Feels so much better. It feels so much better. And so one last question on this, because I think that this is a really interesting and juicy question is um, when it comes to investing in a business, because I feel like a lot of people will, they'll take this information and they usually say, okay, well then I can't invest in anything in my business either. Right. Like I need to do own, or, you know, like there needs to be a specific discipline with that. How do you balance out your investments with also like tracking things and and how do you view your investments in your business? Well, it's very, it's quite frankly, it's very simple. And, and instead of saying, Oh no, you're not going to invest. I'm the exact that couldn't be further from it. What I am saying is do not invest until you know what is worth investing in. Yes. Right. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I need a new website. Oh, I need a, well, do you, why? I mean, do you keep getting feedback that everybody, that every time, you know, they go to your website, it crashes. I'm about investing in this amount of input gets this amount of results. So ROI. So how do I know what to invest in? You know, a good rule of thumb is you want to see three, a three to 10 time return on your investment, right? So if you say, I'm going to spend $500 on hiring a publicist, you know, there is no publicist for 500, but you get it. $500 for that. I want to know that I'm going to get maybe not the first month, maybe not the first three months, but I'm going to eventually get a minimum of $1,500 in not just revenue net, right? That's going to offset that. And then you can do the same with time. If you say, okay, listen, what do I want my hourly rate to be like? Like, I don't want to get up in the morning for less than a hundred bucks an hour. So if you say to yourself, listen, you're going to have to spend three hours a day on social media and that's like $300, whatever your number is, are you making $900 to $3,000 in tangible revenue? Maybe not that day that you do the post, but is that the trajectory that's happening? And so it becomes very easy to invest. You just say, am I going to make that return? Am I saying that you're not going to try things thinking that you are going to get that return and they fail. Of course not. I I fail at it all the time, but I nip it in the bud sooner. Mm -hmm. I don't let it go, you know, two years of paying for something like that. I love that. I love that. This is everything that I'm all about really. Um, So I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation too, because it's about getting your ROI, but also exactly what you said, even at the end, even if something does not not go your way. I mean, like that's, that's also business, right? Like it's life. It's business. It's, it's life. Exactly. Like there's always going to be investments that we, that we do that we think, okay, this is going to be a really, really great ROI. And it doesn't happen to be, but it's like right. you said, the sooner that we come to terms with that. And the sooner that we actually go in and yep. see, sometimes it's kind of like me with my team. I think that they're doing something. And in the past, I probably would have, you know, avoided and been right. like, no, 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 they're doing their job. But if if I go in and because because I'm not a micromanager, I need to become more of one. Yeah. And so I, as soon as I go in and I see that they're not doing something, I'm like, oh, well, at least I I caught it now, right? right? Then right. catching it three or four months from now, where I'm still paying this person the exact same and I'm not seeing the output. So that's I mean, it's it's, it's about investing, but it's also about 
um, a part of the budgeting is, is also budgeting for these things that aren't going to go your way. Right. And, and mm-hmm. coming to terms with, I think yeah. that we just, we need to, we need to become really incredible leaders and managers ourselves. And we just have to, yes. And then the idea is just to create these systems in the background. So they become, you don't even have to think about them. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think about now how I lead. Now I look at my numbers because it's so ingrained. It's like, it's, it is like brushing my teeth. It's just, I can just spot it, but we just have to train ourselves so that we can spot it. So that then you don't have to, then you don't have to think about it. And then you don't have to have that energy going to that. And your energy can go into these creative things. I mean, my creativity in the last probably even six months has skyrocketed kind of weird considering the last six months I've had, but I, and I, I think it's because I'm very focused and I am very clear on what it is I want, what it is I want to do, how I want to spend my time, how much money I want to make. And I factor that into the equation and I might really love something, but if it's not bringing in the revenue that I need to, to keep this whole thing and my kids in school and everything spinning, well, I might have to put that aside for a bit and I'm, and I'm willing to do that to keep it all spinning. And then later say, guess what? I'm happy not making money at something. It doesn't matter to me if you make money. I don't care. But you need to, to know how much you're making. And if you're good and you're not worried, great. It's just the worry factor that kills us. I, it's, it's discipline is freedom. I feel like yeah. we can just kind of end that there. End on that. That's one of the, the best things that I feel like I'm taking out of your entire story. So yes. where, can, where can our people find you? And what are you currently up to? Oh, I'm currently, that's a very loaded question. You don't want to ask that at the end. I'm currently up to this whole little agriculture project um, that I'm involved in and like that takes sheep wool and sustainability to a whole other very weird level, but that's a whole other story. But um, for Instagram, for business stuff, you can find us at The Profit Goddess. And then for people who are listening to this, if you want to take like this free little mini course that I put together kind of on basically what we're talking about, but that just helps you drill down super short snippets. You can just go to mini.theprofitgoddess.com. So mini.theprofitgoddess.com and sign up totally free. And it'll kind of walk you through some of these exercises so that you go, oh, okay. Like it'll make a little clearer what we're just kind of touching on. Cause right now it's kind of like drive-by coaching. It's, it's a little bit hard and go, oh, I, that makes sense, but I want more. Yeah. That can be there. For sure. Perfect. So we will place that in the show notes as well. Thanks. Um, thank you so much, Marlene. This has been great. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the Up Level Your Online Business Show. If you enjoy our show and would like the show notes and free goodies about how to grow your online coaching business, head over to sarahjlorero.com for more information. We hope you'll tune in next time.